0: Welcome to the Rethink ELA Podcast, hosted by English language arts teacher Michelle Waters. Prepare to receive strategies, products, and expert advice tailored to help teachers build social awareness, student agency, and voice in their ELA classrooms.
1: Welcome to the Rethink ELA Podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd Waters. As an English teacher in a small rural school, I often had the task of teaching my middle and high school students how to critically use internet-based resources and participate safely in online spaces. Yeah, students had computer classes, but those often only lasted one or two semesters and not everyone took them. So when I met Brian Ebert after my own Facebook account got hacked and heard about his company, Hackers Jack, which provides online safety and cybersecurity training for students starting in the third grade, I knew he was someone you needed to hear from. Most importantly, Brian isn't just a random ed tech expert with something to sell. He has an extensive background in protecting K-12 schools and students from cyber threats. You can hear more about his background and the training his company provides after these messages. October is the perfect time to engage students in a series of short stories that will spark collaborative discussions and critical thinking. Three of my best-selling units meet each of these criteria, and all of them start with critically reading a high-interest short story and end with a student-selected writing project. Starting off, we have The Landlady by Roald Dahl, which is a creatively creepy tale that is sure to enthrall even the most jaded middle school student. With Halloween only a month away, now is the time to start planning a unit that's guaranteed to keep your kids on the edges of their seats but will also help them practice writing for the upcoming state assessments. Then, The Possibility of Evil by Shirley Jackson is a spookily scary short story that's perfect for Halloween and Bullying Prevention Month. This unit includes a student-centered project that will encourage bullying awareness and group collaboration and also will keep your students engaged all week. Encourage your students to think about how they can help others. Finally, The Mask of the Red Death by Edgar Allan Poe is a deliciously demented short story guaranteed to outrage your advanced middle or high school students. At the same time, introduce them to the universal theme of death as well as a satirical treatise on the importance of upper-class society shouldering the burdens of their shared society. Let your students choose the story they like or teach them all. In any case, order your Halloween Lesson Plan Bundle now at RethinkELA.com Halloween. Welcome back to the Rethink Your ELA podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Boyd Waters. And today I have with me Brian Ebert of hackersjack.com. Brian, welcome to our show today.
0: Michelle, thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm excited to be
1: here. I'm, again, glad to have you here. And I'm really excited to talk about digital citizenship and what it is that you can do to help teachers, um, English teachers in particular who, like me, have been tasked, or like I was, have been tasked with uh, teaching kids how to be safe online um, through the context of their English classes, since all the kids have English class, and, and just what we can do in order to make that happen and what it is that you provide. So could you tell us about your background? You kind of have a unique background in this in this context.
0: Well, I have a special uh, place in my heart for English teachers. I was a uh... English literature major in an undergraduate nice. to San Francisco State University and uh, uh, so certainly appreciate what what you and uh, all your colleagues are, are doing out there uh, I pretty soon after college I started working for the US Secret Service as a special agent and I did 30 years with the agency retired wow. last year my last couple positions I was the agency's chief of staff. Prior to that, I was the deputy assistant director of our global protective mission. And before that, I worked as the special agent in charge of our Washington field office. And the Secret Service has a dual mission where part of our mission is protecting the leaders of our country. I think we're most well known for that, being on Mm -hmm. TV with the sunglasses and earpieces
1: Yes, uh,
0: with the president. Uh, But the other side of our mission, which is actually the reason we're, we were created in the first place is uh, is an investigative mission, financial crimes investigations. We were originally created by actually by uh, signed in by President Lincoln back in 1865 to combat a huge surge of counterfeit currency during the Civil War. And our investigative mission has uh, grown significantly with the uh, advent of credit cards and cell phones and other types of uh, digital communication, which created more and more opportunities for for fraudsters and, and criminals to uh, to exploit them, and then it's morphed into what what it is today, which is we, we really investigate cyber enabled financial crime. So any right. any financial crimes that use the internet as a platform, we have jurisdiction in that space.
1: Right, and so it sounds like you are very familiar with what can go wrong on the internet.
0: Yes. And, and specifically what, what can go wrong uh, in regards to our, our kids. And um, that's, that's what brought me to, to where I am today. But the the secret service actually does a lot of work in, in K through 12 security space that a lot of people don't know about. Uh, After the tragedy at Columbine, the president actually asked us to, get involved with our national threat assessment center to use our methodology for research and analyzing, uh, assassination and assassination mm-hmm. attempts to, to look at targeted violence in schools and to, uh, you know, look, look, across a lot of different, uh, targeted attacks in schools and draw conclusions and find consistencies and, and, put that information together in reports and, and turn it into best practices for, for teachers and first responders and whatnot. So we've, we've been heavily in that space and put out multiple reports uh, through, through our National Threat Assessment Center for, for decades. And the Secret Service also works closely with the uh, National Center for Missing and Exploited Children with right. our cybersecurity investigative uh, and our polygraph or lie detector um, capabilities. We've been working with them a long time. And I personally was detailed over to CISA, which is the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency's part of DHS. Uh, I was over there for three years, and CISA focuses on cyber and other critical infrastructure and working with the private sector to keep it safe. But a, a big part of their mission space goes into that, that K-12 through 12, uh, sort of infrastructure security, but also specifically cybersecurity. So I've been involved in that space through a lot of my career. And after I retired, uh, this opportunity to work with, with the company I'm with now came along and it, it, it just it was, a, was a really good fit. And I was excited to, to kind of get back into that uh, helping to keep kids safe space, if you will.
1: Awesome. So what what does the company that you're involved with now, what is it that you do that will help kids stay safe online.
0: So the name of the company is Hackers Jack and it's it's a new company in the United States that started in Australia a couple years ago. But ha- Hackers Jack exists be- because of the the problem and I think mm-hmm. it's important to define the problem which is now that all K through 12 kids in our country have tablets or laptops uh, you know either through the schools or they have to have it for school especially since covid that's that's pretty much all kids now yeah uh, their time in the digital environment's only growing it's you know there's some discretionary time and, and obviously kids and parents have you know kind of figure out what makes sense for their family but there's a lot of time that they have to be on it for uh for school and we found that kids are very they're digital natives they're very good at finding the content that that they that they want whether that's their friends online or the things, they, the videos they wanna see or games they wanna play. But we found that they really don't have an understanding of how the technology works at a basic level and how to be safe and secure and smart right. online. And we also find that schools don't provide much or consistent education or instruction in this space. And most parents are novices in cybersecurity and oftentimes it's, it's left up for teachers who, who are, especially since COVID, f- forced to use this medium more and more to help their students navigate this space. And uh, so Hackers Jack was born out of the idea that it's, it's really important that there be direct education of K through 12 kids in, in this space to protect them against all the threats, phishing schemes, malware uh, general data theft, more nefarious crimes that can have you know physical harms like grooming and human trafficking and cyberbullying, other social me- media related challenges, sexting, feelings of isolation, feeling like one has to engage in questionable behavior to fit in, uh, but also just missed opportunities due to not understanding how to how to leverage the cyber world. So it's for those. Reasons that uh, that cyber uh, that hackers Jack exists to to, to bridge this cybersecurity gap.
1: Yeah, and I know as an English teacher, it was often put on me to help you know all the kids, since like I said, they all came through my class um, or through the English classes at the schools where I've taught. It was put on us to help them navigate that, but we weren't really given any resources to make that happen. Um, and so it sounds like um, Hackers Jack can be, you know, one of those resources. Can you tell me more about kind of what it looks like from the teacher's perspective? You know, what can a teacher expect from what it is that your company offers?
0: Sure. Well, it's it's a um, web based platform, yeah. so SaaS SaaS platform. It's basically it's a common sense, non technical curriculum consisting of learning modules that cover four overlapping mutually supportive pillars of what we call comprehensive cybersecurity. These four pillars are, the first is security and privacy, which basically means keeping personal information and other data secure from, from cyber threats. So this is teaching kids about phishing attacks and social engineering and you know ransomware and general malware. The, what privacy is, the importance, the importance of it. Uh, cyber safety, which is protecting ourselves from cyber threats that can lead to physical dangers, such as I mentioned before, like grooming, human trafficking, cyber bullying. Uh, cyber hygiene, which is following best practices while online and in the use of digital devices to protect the data, the devices, and, and the networks. And that's really about good password protocols, making sure... Kids understand what it means to be on a secure network and then i think what really makes this difference is is what we call cyber well-being protecting ourselves and others mental and emotional health and maintaining a positive and healthy perspective while online and this is really focused um focused on social media so the the idea is that starting in third grade as of now that there's 10 modules per year each Mm -hmm. module is, is a is a different area that rolls up under one of those or, or more than one of those those four pillars I just went through and is made up of uh, an average of 12 lessons. Uh-huh. So about 120 or so lessons per year in these different categories. And the lessons are all under 90 seconds. We work with a lot of teachers and psychologists and, and parents and kids themselves understand that the attention span is Especially when we're talking about seven, eight, nine-year-olds, is is not more than ninety seconds. So the, the lessons are bite-sized, non-technical, bringing usually looking for ways to bring something that that we can feel comfortable that the kid already knows about in the physical world, and using that as a comparison uh, or an analogy to to help them understand the cyber world. Each of these lessons has four. Questions uh, that com- mm-hmm. comprise an assessment, which which we're in the process of turning, you know, gamifying, turning into little video games that the kids can play to answer the question. So these modules start at third grade. Right now, our curriculum goes up through seventh grade, mm-hmm. and it, it just it spirals and just lays and strengthens the foundation. Uh, I can give you one quick example. Okay. One of the modules in third grade level is about passwords or one of the modules period it, it carries through all the years is about passwords uh-huh. at, the, at the third grade level it's focused on eight uh character passwords uppercase lowercase special character numbers random those sort of concepts uh by by fifth grade the kids we're teaching the kids about two-party and even more party authentication and the right. importance of that and how that's even a much higher level of security than than a password alone, and then uh, by sixth and seventh grade, we're talking about automatic password generators and how that works and how that can be even even a better uh, level of security. So it's laying the foundations and then uh, becoming, you know, strengthening them and becoming more and more sophisticated as the kids get older and it's more appropriate for them to learn. Uh, those, about those more sophisticated ideas.
1: So it sounds like that this is, or could be like a school wide program that, you know, starts in the third grade and then can continue with the students all the way up. And I understand you're, if you don't already will have some um, modules for high school as well.
0: That That's exactly right. Our, what we're going to market with right now is, we're designed to bring this into school districts and uh-huh. for this to be implemented start again starting in third grade uh, you know every district has to decide how they want to implement it they can start with right. a lot of starting with third fourth and fifth grade some are going all the way through seventh some just third grade uh everybody has uh, you know we make this very flexible on purpose so people right. can can use it how they how they like but the idea is by the time they graduate seventh grade, they will, which which is about the age when they're eligible for social media. Uh, now I know kids are going on earlier, but according to right. the the rules, you're supposed to be 13 for for most of these um, social media apps. That they'll have five years of this of this uh, education and training and and have a really really good uh, foundation. Like like you said, we are uh, expanding the modules, because there's a lot of demand at the Uh uh, eighth grade and and, and high school levels to include modules that are more sophisticated, that kind of get into critical thinking Uh when using the internet. Uh, They they get into digital consent, uh, career opportunities in cyberspace. We have a module called How to Unbully Yourself. Um, We're working with uh the private sector to include maybe some basic accreditations that will benefit kids when they graduate if they're able to when they're when they complete these courses they'll be able to um to have the benefit of 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 some uh accreditation going into the into the private sector if they want to go into the cyber security space but the, the idea is approximately and again you can teachers can really choose to spend a lot of time with kids on this and have a lot of follow-up and a lot of class discussion or it can be more standalone and, and I'm happy to talk more about that but the basic concept is if if kids spend about two 15 to 20 minute sessions on this a week during the school year they'll be able to complete all these modules to include going through them and then completing the assessments and We've developed a number of teachers' aids and additional materials that we make available if school districts want them. Uh, if if teachers, if administrators and teachers want to spend more time with the kids, there's follow-up material, there's discussion questions, uh, and and additional um, additional content if there's uh, an interest in that.
1: Absolutely, um, I know at the middle school level. Um, in my experience schools will often have like an advisory class that all students are a part of and so this sounds like it would be something great for an advisory class where students could either just go through the modules or go through the modules and then have some class discussions and really dig into some of the more in-depth issues but i could also see how this could be part of the english language arts curriculum um, especially, you know, multimodal literacies and um, digital citizenship, those concepts that uh, dovetail or, or, or are a part of our standards, um, this would definitely fit right in.
0: Absolutely. As we talk to school districts across the country, we realize, you know, really quickly that they're all very different. Uh, each state yeah. is very different. And then within the state, the districts are very different from each other. Obviously there's, there's similarities, but, but a lot of uh, different ways to skin a cat in education. So we've designed the platform to be very flexible. Certainly some of the ideas that you threw out there are, are some common uh, implementation methods that, that school districts are using, whether it's an advisory or a homeroom or a study hall, uh, even at the elementary school level, a lot of districts have a class that's not subject specific, or else it's kind of high level subject specific, like digital literacy, where uh, where where kids are going to be, you know, one, two, three times a week. So that that's a great place for this to be implemented. But it it it's cross cutting across all the K through twelve curriculum. So d- just because cyber is going to be a platform for most education or a part of it. And so a class, you know, English language arts class also makes sense because obviously all kids have that uh, every year and it's, it's a good consistent place because it's going to be to, to to get this education implemented because it's going to be a platform that's, that's, that's used by everybody across across most classes. This can be done with kids in a classroom with earphones on at their laptop. It can be done with the teacher on the big screen. It can be done done um, partially at home as well. The, okay. the tool is set up that there's, there's really good dashboards that are at the student level to see what they've done and what they need to do and, and their scores and whatnot. But they go up to the teacher level, the principal level, the superintendent level. It can really be, and you can add multiple teachers if if a couple teachers are sharing the responsibility across a group of kids. And really, the minimum that it needs is it needs some teacher to be able to uh, see what the kids are supposed to be doing, see who's done it, and make sure that they complete the materials and then make available. you know the, the following module when they're when they're finished with the one before and right. you know we we've found that there's so many different ways that people are thinking of implementing this that that it was just important for us to keep it real flexible so schools can use it the way they want to
1: yes it does sound like it could you know like you said be flexible enough to work in a lot of different contexts and you know depending on what the teachers are doing and how the teacher works they can make that uh, fit into their class and you know, there are some schools that have like a virtual option so I could see how this could fit into, into that or this could be a unit that kids, you know, maybe they complete at home or they complete, um, you know, in like, you know, a study hall or something along that line. Uh, one of the things that I wanted to ask you about that's, you know, part of this, but um, thinking about the middle and particularly the high school level, does your product, Cover uh, things like understanding or evaluating what information you find on the internet.
0: I would say this, mm-hmm. yes, but it's not something that as a, at the uh, elementary level that we're spending a lot of time in. Right, but it's something that we're uh, weaving into more and more to the more sophisticated uh, middle school and, and high school levels. The importance of critical thinking, the importance mm-hmm. of uh, trust. Trust is sort of the one of the bedrock themes of our training across those four pillars. Who, who can you trust? Why should you trust somebody? Uh, why should you trust information? Uh, and how to how to analyze that and reduce the risks and increase the chances that that something that you're going to have a high degree of confidence in is accurate. And so right. we, we definitely are looking to, uh, I, sh- I shouldn't say looking to, we have and are in- increasing the lessons that that talk about this. We try to keep it very high level uh, because the whole point of Hackers Jack is to be just that sort of basic, it's not to make somebody a cybersecurity expert, It's it's uh-huh. just to make Every kid have a good understanding of how it works and how to keep themselves safe and how to leverage the internet for uh, for for their advantage and then to be good digital citizens as uh, right. as as they go into uh, higher education and adulthood.
1: Okay, and, and so that's mainly at the high school or will be at the high school and upper middle school level, from what I understand.
0: In, in terms of really diving into it, Michelle. Yes. At the elementary levels, there's so much content. Um, I'm I'm just thinking, thinking it through real quick. Mm -hmm. We definitely talk about how one has to be, uh, careful and thoughtful about what they believe they hear online from like a social media perspective or, or read online. We have a whole, one of the modules that carries through all of elementary school is about, uh, media first it's about media and then it switches to to let kids understand what media is cuz most kids don't really understand that concept right they right. think they know what social media is uh, but we always kind of start it like to start at square one so that there's a solid understanding of of what's going on in the digital world that they understand that from the beginning so we certainly talk about media and social media and just all the information out there and and how fantastic it is that there's all this information, but that you can't trust all of it and, you know, help kids understand what they should trust more and, you know, degrees of confidence in both people, uh, as well as information. So we, we definitely get into that space in, in elementary school and it just gets more sophisticated and, and, uh, specific as, as the kids get older
1: right and I, I think those understandings of you know what media is um, and the big question of who can you trust um, would be a or is a really integral part of any research unit and I know you know anytime I've taught you know research projects at the high school or middle school level that's something that I've always had to cover and I kind of had to go out there and try to find information and kind of cobble get together information to help students understand. And sometimes I didn't always understand what the kids didn't understand, because I, you know, have a, a background where I have a more in-depth understanding than, you know, your average high school student of technology and the internet. And so I don't always necessarily see or get what it was that they didn't. And so having a a resource like this that has been well thought out, that's been vetted by teachers and counselors and people with your background so that we're covering what those basics that students need would be, I would think, a really valuable part of, if nothing else, a research unit.
0: A- Absolutely. One, one thing I like to talk about is is Wikipedia, because everybody, mm-hmm. almost everybody looks at it. And Wikipedia is a fantastic resource. Uh-huh. But kids don't necessarily understand what it is. It's it's different right. than the old world book or Encyclopedia Britannica that, that we had growing up uh, in that it's all the information that informs it is cited and is it's down there at the bottom and you can yes. click on it and go look at it. So I, Google's, I mean, uh, Wikipedia is a great place to... Get some basic information. It may or may not be accurate, but at least it's right. cited, and you can go in and see uh, what what you know what the sources of information are. And the in the primary high and level,
1: secondary sources,
0: it, exactly. And in the high school level, we we get into the specifics of. And again, it's hard to not name specific news organization, for example, right. if you're talking right. about reporting. Uh, but it's we we do make the point that anybody can go on call themselves anything and say whatever they want. So it's important to, you know, if you're looking at a news organization that, that has to play by all these sort of rules, you know, you can have a higher degree of confidence than, than somebody just spouting off their opinion, but kind of stating it as fact. It doesn't mean that the first source is correct, but you can have a higher degree of confidence than if it's just one person, you know, and, and look at right. things like how long have they been along been around and is this part of an organization and what is their reputation and it's again as they, as they get older oh, kids can can be more and more can understand more and more nuance in this area as they you know incorporate this into the research that they that they do for school related projects and just their consumption of news and life in general
1: Absolutely, and, and hearing what you're saying, it, it sounds to me like kids that start out with this in the third grade and are, you know, taught this and have access to this all the way through, you know, seventh grade, and then you know when you have eighth grade and up ready to go and have having gone through this, will have a very solid, like you said, foundation of, um, their cybersecurity, safety, hygiene, well-being, and will be able to, um be wiser, be more critical thinkers of, you know, what they encounter online. And I think that they will be a lot healthier at that point, um, as they use the internet for class projects and as they use it personally as well. And, And I'm thinking, you know, if I'm an English teacher listening to this podcast and this sounds like something that would be amazing at my school, um, it doesn't sound like it's something that I, as an English teacher, could just go out and order. It sounds like my administration would need to contact you, or how would that work?
0: So right now, we just became a U.S. corporation in the last couple of months. Uh, the, the company started, the CEO and founders from Australia started in Australia. It's in a number of schools uh, overseas, and we're rolling into schools this, this school year. So we are new in the U S uh, in this space right now, our go-to-market strategy is basically, uh, to be going in at the school district level, just because it's, it would be, it would be difficult to go into the individual school level. However, at, at, as we're in our early stages, we're, we're willing to talk to anyone and, and, uh, you know, consider different um, different ideas. Uh, we certainly, you know, we've done some pilots and whatnot, for example. But right now, we're trying to go in at the, at, at the district level. And again, most of the school districts that we're looking to implement, that, that are, are looking to implement this are starting with third, fourth, and fifth, which with, some are starting all the way through seventh, but with third, fourth, and fifth, with the idea that sixth grade will be added the second year and seventh, The third year and by then we'll have all the high school stuff so we'll we'll um they'll roll it out accordingly because you've kind of got the catch-up issue right to uh that that has to be addressed it's going to be challenging to show a a seventh grader the lessons from third fourth fifth and sixth grade because number one they're at a much lower level (laughs) and uh so we are working with with ways to consolidate, but they can also take a lot more sophisticated information in faster. So we're looking. Mm-hmm. We, we've developed modules that are sort of catch-up modules, so so that this can be implemented. So within a few years, we hope that we can it can be implemented uh, with. I would say within two years, all the way up through, you know, I would say third through uh, through through twelfth grade. But while we're we're happy to talk to individual teachers, it mm-hmm. it certainly. Uh, makes sense for this to go in and, and it's it's organized in priced to kind of to go in at the uh, at, at the district level
1: okay so it sounds like it'd probably be a good idea for english teachers to get a hold of their principal or you know at a really small district go ahead and talk to the superintendent or um the director of technology or whoever would be in charge of this sort of thing and have that person contact you all
0: a- a- absolutely Absolutely. And that that's mostly we're talking to for smaller, medium-sized districts, we're talking to a lot of superintendents or deputy superintendents. And for larger districts, we're we're sometimes talking to superintendent, but tends to be their, their technology folks. And some districts are progressive enough that they actually have cybersecurity people that that, that have nice. that um you know that they, they've been able to carve out the funding to to staff that that way. And that's then it's great because they know exactly what they're looking for. And and they've normally taken some some steps in this direction uh, on their own, which which is great. They they can easily see the gap that that, that we can fill.
1: Nice. So those people that are interested in what it is that you're offering, where can they find you?
0: So our our website is uh, hackersjack.com.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I assume you can put that on the notes associated yes. with your with your podcast so people can yep. see it. and I'll make sure to provide you the uh, you know phone numbers and uh, email address that people can uh, people can use to contact us.
1: Excellent. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you not only sharing your resource with us but also. Creating this and bringing it to us to begin with, because this, like you said, this absolutely does fill a gap that is existing in our education system.
0: Well, I I really appreciate the uh, opportunity to come on. Thank you so much for what you and and all the other teachers do, especially especially English teachers. Um, it's been uh, it's been fun to talk about this, and <laughs> like you said, it's a, it's a really important topic and something that that we need to make 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 sure that we get on top of as as a society because yes we've got these kids going out into the world and they're not really understanding how to keep themselves safe or secure and, and just how to be successful in this space and and there's you know a lot of kids that are hurting from the a lot of the risks that come up out of social yeah. media that uh, that we 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 know that we can help kids if we can give them good information and strategies on the, on the front end on on how to navigate that space.
1: Thank you very much.
0: All right, Michelle, have a great day.
1: Looking for curriculum for spooky season? Start prepping for Halloween now with the new inquiry-based spooky short story writing unit we created with Dr. Shay Parton of Literacy in Place. First, you'll engage your students in a mystery searching for the elements of spooky fiction in books and other mentor texts. And then, show the fruits of their labor in a multimodal puzzle they'll love creating. Put their Halloween energy to literary use, discussing their findings in Socratic circles as they work toward the final project. Once students have found all the elements, they'll put their analysis to work writing their own spooky short stories they can share with their peers, or even enter contests or get published. Order your unit now at RethinkELA.com slash October. Thank you for listening to Rethink ELA Podcast. I'm Michelle Waters, and I can't wait to give you a few resources I've developed to help you create a student-centered, collaborative, and creative learning environment. Download these resources when you join our mailing list at RethinkELA.com news.